0: Um, observations and hopes and uh, I learned a phrase uh, from uh, my college age son uh, last year it's been around for a while but I'd never heard it and the phrase you may be familiar with is called DTR and when someone tells you it's time to DTR it means typically you're probably in a dating relationship and it's time to define the relationship And usually there's a D T R R D-T-R-er and a D-T-R-E. And the D-T-R-er wants to know where this thing is going, if it's going anywhere. I think that our relationship with God is best classified as a love relationship. And before Michael could think to say it, I must tell you that that means I am indeed the love doctor. But this is what I want to tell you. I want to tell you that this relationship involves God's pursuit of us. And the Bible is clear that that God is the one in pursuit of us from the very beginning. And that salvation, as we experience it, is always God's idea. And God gave everything that God had on our behalf. But that leaves the second part. Every relationship involves one who offers a relationship and then one who responds and accepts it. As I think about responses that people make to relationship, and especially to relationship with God, I see at least four levels. One is just sort of a curious um, response, which is, I'm kind of interested in this. It it, it interests me, this pursuit. Uh, Maybe I'll find out a little bit more about it. Then one sometimes moves to a consumer a relationship, which is to say, Well, I like this pursuit. I'll see what benefits that I might receive from this sort of companionship and this sort of attention. And then I think in many love relationships, one moves to the convent status that after a period of your curiosity being satisfied and enjoying the uh, consuming the companionship, you believe that, that this is, in fact, the relationship that you should have. And often, then the proposal and offer of relationship is accepted. As Christians, we might call this the moment in which we believe or we respond and accept God's grace. But I think if I've learned anything from uh, reading Our Father Abraham in preparation for Ray Vanderland's visit this year, I learned that the Jewish concept in the days of Jesus, their concept of love and relationship is far superior to ours in many ways. For we often emphasize love before marriage. And often in the ancient world, what had to be emphasized in matches that were made was love after marriage, was a growing relationship. And I think that's where we are in our church, that we need to define this relationship and decide if our marriage with God through Christ, if being the body of Christ is something on which we want to work and something we want to grow. The Christian term for this can be called many things. I will call it, for our purposes, discipleship. That we want to grow this love. When I think about commitment and evidence uh, that people are in a committed relationship, that after marriage they, they're still moving forward, I think of several things that uh, happen. I, I think that what I see is that they still celebrate and delight in one another after however many months or years. As Christians, we might call that worship. I find that they spend time listening to and communicating with one another. And even though they might even anticipate the thoughts or the comment of uh, the one that they love, they pay enough attention and care enough to listen. I think as Christians we call that prayer. I think that as people grow in their relationship, they pay a lot of attention as to what pleases and encourages the other person what is it that this other person wants from me what uh what is it that they hope and dream in their life and as christians i think we call that studying the scriptures we learn that in relationships that grow uh after marriage that often uh members make sacrifices for one another sometimes the sacrifices are rather acute and for a short period of time a great sacrifice is made to move the family or relationship forward in some way we might as christians consider that a period of fasting we find that in relationships that grow and thrive that there is always the willingness to give the best of oneself to the other that uh, regardless of our job or our volunteer activities, our responsibility, we save the best of ourselves for the person we care, we claim to care about the most. We in Christian circles might call that tithing, giving God the first, not the last, of what we have. And then one of the interesting things that happens in relationships is as we love the other, we learn to love all that they bring with them, including the in laws, their family. And I think in Christian terms, learning to love the family of the beloved is called service or mission. Now, interestingly, these six evidences that I've pointed out of committed relationship are also double, not just as nouns, but as verbs. They become the means of growing relationship. People who celebrate, people who listen, people who learn, people who sacrifice, people who give the best, people who love the family... Find their relationship deepening as they do it. And so what I want to say to you this evening is, as we come to 2007, I think as a church, it's very important for us to define the relationship, not just for ourselves, but for the people who we're trying to reach. Uh, What are we doing for the curious? What are we doing that would interest them? What are we doing to help them become aware of the offer that Christ makes a relationship? i was so pleased that uh, New Heights helped sponsor uh, the movie of nativity. uh, A way the curious people uh, involved in following the media uh, could have opportunity. Uh, We need to think about the consumer. It's okay. Uh, God has gifts to give and wants those gifts open. Uh, What do we have? What benefits can we offer to people? And we need to think about what we do for those who are already convinced about the relationship. What do we do to help people uh, cement their relationship with Christ? But most significantly for me tonight is to talk to you about whether we are indeed the committed. Whether we are indeed practicing love. After our marriage to Christ, I think if we're—it's an important question because if we don't, there are two things that happen. One is we miss the blessing of a lifelong love relationship with God through Christ. It's, it's too valuable. To miss you and I have seen people who just walk through uh, their relationships. Uh, as, as hollow people as, as shells they they just exist they, they no longer relate on deep levels and and we don't want that in any of our friendships our relationships and we shouldn't want that for ourselves as Christians and we will only go deeper as our commitment our love commitment grows but here's my main concern I love you I don't want you to miss the blessing God has for you but I love God's world and I recognize that often what people learn about this love relationship. They learn by watching us. And friends, when we don't live a committed life, what kind of message do they get about the reality of this love relationship? Watching many people who claim to be church members and learning from them about what the Christian life is like is about as reliable as watching Borat and thinking you know about Kazakhstan. It doesn't work. Reality, reality is so much deeper than that. And for them to understand the reality of that relationship, they're going to have to see it in us. And they won't see it in us until we move in that direction. So two suggestions for this coming year. One, we continue to emphasize mission. um, I have begun to think that mission is like loving my in-laws and loving all of my wife's friends uh, Pam isn't here tonight and I, but I told her that I was going to tell this she is much better than I am she is so attentive to my parents so attentive to my, my brothers and my sisters she has made my family and my friends her own she has sought to know them and to serve them and that's what mission is about it's about knowing God's family and God's got family of all shapes, sizes, colors, languages. And we don't get to choose who God brings along. When we marry God, we marry the whole family. And God brings it. And our, our goal is to know them and serve them. That, that is what we're about. Uh, Dan Seaborn, when he was here talking to engaged couples about marriage, took some blue water and some yellow water and said, this is your family and this is your, uh, your fiancé's family. And he said, but when you get married... And he poured them together and they became green. And that's what we have. A green Christianity is more than being environmentally sensitive. It's being sensitive to the fact that God's family is whiter than the family you and I would ordinarily choose. And we must come to love and know them. And that happens through mission. And Michael's already told you of the progress in mission here and Scott and the mission at Riverside. So I'll say no more other than keep it up. Keep it up. But then the second idea... And that is, I have noticed among couples that grow in their love relationship the ability to set aside time to be with one another. Um, For some people, it's like a date night. Uh, For others, perhaps, it's some sort of getaway or retreat. Friends, in the Christian life, this is called worship. This is called worship. And study and service do not substitute for spending time with God and in in community with God and with other people. Things do not substitute for that and we have fallen into a habit of our church and part of it is my fault. Of Worship has become an option. Worship has become something that if it works out for a number of our folks we'll be attentive to but as long as we show up with something somewhere in the building or think about God wherever we are that must work. That may work for us. It does not work for God. One of the things that's been very helpful to some of us in in marriage counseling is thinking about uh, uh, Gary Chapman's love languages, if you've seen a very popular book, which is to say, learn your spouse's love language, and as you speak it, you'll grow in your relationship. In other words, your spouse wants to receive love a certain kind of way, and you need to give it that way, not the way you think you ought to give it. Let me bring this around another way. Friends, worship is God's love language. Whether or not you think you ought to be there or you got anything out of the sermon or the service is not the issue. It's the way that God has chosen to receive love from you. And under my leadership, we've done a wonderful job of talking about community and small group. And I'm so pleased. We're turning the corner on mission. But we have let the love of God and worship slide. We can't do that. We can't do that because that is instrumental in keeping the fire alive. And when the fire of Christ's love and that relationship is alive in us, then we've got a much better chance of passing it on to others. An outline of what I said is available uh, if you'd like to close.